the latest episode of Underbench Staples as we watch season 15 of MasterChef Australia. I am Patrick, he is Russell, and here we are, and it's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing? It's amazing. That's the restaurant, isn't it? Yeah. Amazing. This episode is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, Patrick, what the hell are you saying? It's a pun. It's it's a play on words. We are in the Chinese Restaurant Service Challenge. I love the sound of this challenge. How it's executed, less so. But I love the sound of this challenge. Ever since the preview at the end of last week, that stood out to us. I'm so glad. It's quite unique because we've seen lots of things of like, you go into a fancy restaurant and we've seen uh, various global cuisines being used here, there and everywhere on this show. But we've this nostalgic classic uh, Chinese restaurant uh, so old school has not been part I guess of the scenery before on MasterChef Australia so it's really exciting yeah it's an institution yes um, some little takeaways like uh, Melissa the contestant was saying that reminds her of the takeouts she used to go to as a kid mm. Uh Theo grew up across the road from it. And so Upper this is, hand or This what? is his local Chinese restaurant, which is absolutely crazy. Um, really, really nice. The statistic that I think it was Jock who said it. Mm. 1854, the first Chinese restaurant opened in Australia. Obviously, uh, distance is a huge part of that. But I'm wondering when the first one in Ireland opened. I'm sure it's been written about before. Mm. I know the first chippers and stuff like that, but a Chinese restaurant, I'm really interested. It's making me want to go and... uh, research it a little bit more because I'm really curious and now. also eat in in a yeah. Chinese because we haven't we haven't ever done that together no. in Ireland or the UK no and actually while we're talking about it um, oh, uh, yeah, yeah let's have a shout out for uh, Angela Hui's book uh, Takeaway Stories from a Childhood Behind the Counter so brilliant It. Is, I, I have a right like that's a book um, I have a right beside me because I had uh, loads of different books um propping my laptop up today and I, I, I came across this so it's actually quite timely uh, really wonderful wonderful book mm. uh, explaining Angela's uh, stories and life story growing up in a Chinese takeaway in Wales it's brilliant you will want to eat so much Chinese food as you go through it though also it's it's, brilliant. it's emotional it's yeah. a hard read and it's also comedy it has heart it's excellent and recipes and recipes and recipes so, so speaking of recipes so as you preempted in the previous episode they are choosing from the menu yes. at the restaurant but the challenge is to interpret it yeah I really like that aspect hmm. so we were as at the end of the episode we were wondering what kind of concept they would go down um, but basically, they were given a menu. I think an edited menu in the English language. As okay, well. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like, it was an it was an edited menu. Down, oh, I, yeah. I'm like, if there's only six options on a menu, but then again, who knows? Chinese takeaways, Chinese restaurants might be very different. I'm not sure. Also, I wonder if they got given two different menus so that they don't produce a, the same thing. I didn't get a good look at it mm. enough. Actually, that's an interesting point. Um, 
the teams were nearly choked there were expected to pick three dishes from each men from the menu and make it their own a starter a main and a dessert or in Australian Entree? An entree? No, I Peter can't. Entree? I can't on that um, one. They had to add uh, a little bit of their own flair to us. They also had to designate a team captain. A thing that we we felt was missing on the last service challenge. Mm, a little weird. And also they had to choose it in the room as opposed to in the kitchen. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad that they had captains to steer the ship. Did the captain steer the ship? We'll get to that in the yeah. debrief. So yes. it was Theo and Rue who put themselves forward. Rue for purple and Theo for red. They had two and a half hours and they had to cook for 50 ju- and the judges. Yeah, 50 to 53. Um, shout out to Addie who who had a had, had a day because she actually wanted to cook in this challenge. Mm. Got the white apron, which meant she couldn't. And so I had to sit out, but did have to pick a team to go with. Uh, she went for the red team which means uh, if they win she becomes immune from eliminate from, oh no she gets to go into the immunity challenge <laughs> so many different challenges and if she lost she would have to not um when you were sitting there looking at the two teams standing beside each other yes. and you got a white apron patrick which team would you go for I would have gone for the red, yeah. and I expressed that as 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 it played out. Yeah, I just think the combination of them had been stronger. I'm shocked for the main they didn't go for fish because all of the fish people ended up in that team. Yeah, yeah, could have been a stipulation of the challenge. I don't know. Did the fishmongers at Coles not open in time for them? You said shout out to Addy. Shout out to the Coles clang. <laughs> like you could yeah. not be more obvious. Yeah, great hey, great menu planning. I'm just going to go down to Coles to get some protein. <laughs> It was like clang. Okay, I love. So, should we talk about them by the team or by each of the dishes? Um, let's go dish by dish. Okay. I think if we go team by team, we might get confused, and I'll have to refer to the photo several times over again. Okay, so for uh, the appetizers, actually, sorry, let's backtrack slightly. When they were deciding on the menus, there was a slightly different dynamic on both teams. Okay, and it's kind of like that before. So it was very much on Theo's side of things. It was very much everyone together. And this is what I'm thinking we should go for. And uh, what about this? What about this? And it was kind of like a team consensus. On Rue's team, it kind of felt more about, right, let's split each other up into our kitchens and our dishes instead. So you're going to look after this dish. You're going to look after this and so on. And I think because of that, that's what led to some confusion with roles and what people were supposed to be doing or would have been nice if they were doing in some cases. I just think that that might have been the fatal flaw that it was like, you're looking after this dish rather than as a group coming together and then deciding, okay, for now you're going to look after this, but in the meantime, you're going to look after this and so Mm. on, you know. I think that might it's one very quick observation I made but who knows but that also plays into like us who have seen pretty much every series of The Apprentice yeah and key thing is communication at the start and leadership and kind of spending that extra time at the start just getting the team all all aligned everybody's on the same page everyone's clear on their roles 
I felt in both teams that could have been slightly lacking, but definitely the red had organised a bit mm, more. Mm, mm. Um, in fairness, Rue did say she wanted to put herself up to give herself a bit more confidence mm. and to at least not shy away, I guess, in a lot of ways. And good honour. It is a hard thing to do. Um, do you think she achieved that? Um, no. Either do I. No. And I, 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 I think it was all going well until it got to the discussion of the main, which we'll talk about. Mm-hmm. So let's go through the starters first. Entrees. Um, so for the purple team they had pork and prawn spring rolls yes um, and a and a sweet and sour sweet and dip. sour on the sauce um, oh. it was kind of chaotic well the whole cook was cha- actually all teams were chaotic in terms of the cook it was a lot it was a small kitchen you could feel the pressure it was anxiety inducing but the spring rolls um, sounded really nice um, the fact that it took them until 30 minutes before service to roll them was quite terrifying I think they were also doing that in the service as well I get the the impression yeah. that by the time they had to start the frying they were still yeah. assembling them and like that's the, a spring roll is the kind of thing that you can have prepped and ready and just thrown in the fryer or even start the fry take them out then, and then crank can, up the heat and yeah. then heat through I mean it the wheels just came off at that course and then they hadn't ever come back on yeah um, it seemed that Ralph was responsible for making the sweet and sour sauce which uh, according to the judges in the judging was lacking uh, a bit of an extra punch that would have just rounded the dish off overall they were happy with it but it just Mm. lacked something else and I think it might have been the sauce that really did let it down also like in the entire thing had he just been in charge of that sauce? He was supposed to, I believe, be looking after the lemon sauce as well, if I remember correctly. So I think it seemed was looking after just that. Then but this he is going back fried all yes. of the spring rolls in fairness. It is it is interesting because we're start as we dissect it, you're starting to see that you're looking after this and you're looking after this is starting to play into the mentality mm. a little with people, I guess, as well. So those spring rolls in fairness looked incredible, like probably slightly on the overside, but I would still eat. They mm. looked gorgeous. I guess I'm just used to so, like anemic ones. Anemic and pale and disappointing. Like that's that's uh, usually how they oh, are. Yeah. Um, and I just really, really like them. Rhiannon really took a lot of um, a lead on that as well. She said she makes them all the time, so making them for 50 people's easy. They were piled onto the plates high. Hmm. Um, there was lots of them, which I was like, whoa, you did I a think lot. two per person. Yeah, which is decent enough. Mm. Um, moving on to the red teams. Unless you've anything else to say. I don't have no. anything else on purple. Um, on the red team, a San Choi Bao, which... Um, I'm, I'm, a stream of consciousness here kind of remind me of like a pork yuck song I'm mm. assuming they're very similar dishes uh, maybe different ingredients but um, on the fly here um, really like the interpretation of it um, rather than small lettuce cups I think it's usually like little gem or something like that mm. they decided to go for cost lettuce so it was a longer boat um, and then they, I think this was the dish that probably got the most elevation of any of them mm. in terms of like putting their own twist on it 
Yeah, I think across the board they'll stuck to the classics. Yeah. Except here that adding that chili crisp on the top. Yeah, with like kind Szechuan of pepper and everything. Elevated it. And um, the duck fat in the it duck as well. Fat. Just, I think Mel said it adds an extra layer of luxuriousness to it, um, which I really like a bit bougie as well. That was the other uh, mm. comment on it. And then, yeah, the cost less lettuce to just present it a little bit differently. I just think if they had to spend time, again, that's a thing that you don't really have to serve hot in in actuality if mm. it's too hot the cost is going to wilt so yes. it's the kind of thing that you ca- kind of can spend time agonizing over how it's presented and just the presentation of it i thought i could easily achieve that at home mm. however in the judge's comments it's clear that the flavor had an elevation across the board mm. so in terms of the appetizers i think this was the closest course to call because they had been Equally pretty good, mm. equally classical, but I think the Reds just edged it on the elevation of yeah, the flavors. Yeah, I think on elevation, flavors, they definitely got it. Um, although I'm, I'll still be dreaming of how crispy those spring rolls look for a long, <laughs> long, long, long time. Uh, let's stick on the Red team and move on to their main. Beef and black bean. Beef and black bean. Super sauce. classic. So classic. Um, again, we were kind of surprised that there wasn't a fish possibly here. Obviously, there was prawns being used in mm. spring rolls. So maybe prawns were taken out of the equation because mm. Coles didn't have any more prawns. <laughs> or possibly uh, that was, you know, just what they wanted to do. It was great to see them do something different. We'd be the first people to criticize them if they went straight for a yeah, fish. Yeah, true. Um, but it looked really, really good. Yeah, um, it kind of had the. I got the impression off of it as they stir fried it that the sauce hadn't slicked it quite enough, but that could just be the way I'm used to having it in overly gloopy, almost a gloopy sauce. Yeah, possibly. Um, I did love seeing just the elements of like Declan, um, taking uh, uh, charge of the stock for it and having the bits of beef and the bones and everything like that. Really, yeah. really bringing it from you know cradle to the grave kind of thing with mm. the dish uh, really really impressed with that and adding the black beans itself just for the classic kind of they were saying that it's supercharged yeah. how it looked and was presented the fried rice that went out with that looked absolutely manky I thought it was brown rice I honestly I was like why is the sauce so- mm. uh, is the rice brown yeah it looked really really overdone yeah and um, again just a bit of seasoning chives or like spring onions mm. or crispy onions or something just to kind of elevate it Mm. Um, but the judges loved that it was a loaded stir fry Mm. they enjoyed all of the flavours they called it epic they called the skirt steak handled beautifully the velveting on it like I remember I am I love doing that because I just I, I'm a hoe for corn flour as Mm. you know like if I can add it into anything I will and I just loved doing that with beef and then just seeing it and just how that also thickens the sauce yeah. up. Mm. My mouth's watering. We have dinner ready. We normally eat before um, recording, before watching the show and recording it, sometimes eating during the show. Mm. And um, we haven't tonight because we had a very large late lunch. Not saying where from. Uh, McDonald's. And then we, um, yeah, as a result, we we're like, okay, dinner's ready. 
and now the two of us are like oh I kind of want beef and black bean <laughs> sauce but we're not going to we have dinner here so we have to have that instead sadly um, over on the purple team they did another classic lemon chicken with fried rice even though they kind of changed it they tried to mm. do a grilled chicken and steamed rice but the judges threw them off the scent yeah um, Jock and Andy coming over saying you've got to do fried chicken for lemon chicken and I think this is where the wheels came off a little bit. Rue made a very good point that all three dishes of mine would be fried. Now, two of us have no issue with that, but I'm sure it was kind of like about the general experiences where she was concerned about. Um, And they told her not to. So in one way, the interpretation end of the brief was completely taken out of the equation, which I'm kind of a bit like, OK, so a unique point of difference is gone there. Mm. Um, and also because of that, and as the episode progressed, uh, Phil was mainly responsible in a lot of the case for looking after the deboning of the chicken thighs He did express at one point that he's on his own very much doing that and he needed an extra hand, needed to get the sauce on. Rue was like, yeah, we'll get onto that in time. But then the time was after the starters. I think the frying element, because I think they were going to just steam the chicken or grill the chicken. They were going to grill it. I think that is what screwed this up. And it also meant that it was unique. Yes, I think they'd been thrown by the judges' comments. Mm. But, you know, if the judges question you, you take their lead. Now, I will say that our recipe for lemon chicken is not fried fried. It's pan fried. Yeah. And it's in like sticky glaze. Mm. So it could be that's the thing I expected. But... I think, again, the presentation, the timing, everything started catching up on them and the Mm. sauce issues. like Mm. Just making the sauce minutes beforehand, getting gallons of stock into a pot and adding just lemon and then sugar and lemon and sugar. Like... I don't With a bit think of time, that's redu- how that works. No, like, just get it reduced down. That's the important thing. And the measly portion that was put on top wasn't great. It was it was a bit of a fail. Now I'll say the frying of the chicken and the chicken itself looked beautiful. Mm-hmm. I've really really go- I've described everything as beautiful tonight so far because I'm really low on vocabulary, <laughs> um, but it did look great. Um, so props to them for that. It was thighs. Apparently it was marinated nice. It had good flavour. So happy days. That's great. Mm. But the sauce is the biggest element. Um, the rice did look better. The thing as well. is, like the other team used the bones in their stir fry and their sauce the chicken team cut the chicken all off the bone couldn't they have used those obviously those ended up in the bin possibly yeah couldn't they have used those infused extra stock time might be the pressure but like I think I took note here that Phil had to uh, debone 7 kilograms of chicken like Like, that's 7 kilograms worth offset or whatever of bones mm. um, but how long does that take and then roasting them getting a stock on mm. so on and so forth I'm sure there was like pressure cookers I did see a bullet oven in the corner mm. of the kitchen and I wish someone did something <laughs> that. that just looks so impressive so um, at the at the end of the mains I think it's pretty clear that 
the red team mm. got that course. Yeah, yeah. It really, had really just cool. been cohesive. There hadn't been issues. It got great comments. And they identified that it was Declan who thought of like supercharging it, mm. which is very his kind of way of cooking. So that's amazing. Um, moving on to dessert, or as it essentially was, an absolute fail. Struck um, off the menu. Yeah. So they didn't even score it when it came to judging. They just Shocking. said, that's it. Neither of you get any anything for the desserts they were forgetting about it so it was essentially a two out of two kind of um, chart that they had to go on which is quite interesting and I assume they knew who would win at that point mm-hmm. so anyway can I add something onto the list of pasta flatbread ice cream yeah I, I guess you can all do an ice cream. Can and they? Because clearly not. If yeah, it could be it could be a thing in Australia that like that's kind of the go to as a sweet. But like, sorry, there's been an ice cream on every single episode. I think so far. Yeah, but I agree. But we're going to start to get to a point where we're going to have nothing to cook because we've taken flatbreads, <laughs> pasta and ice cream off the table. The thing about ice cream is... I'm trying to stoke creativity here in these here chefs. I think with ice cream, you are able to be very customizable with flavour and creative with it. And it's designed to complement the main element of it so if we take the two desserts here and lychees and ice cream on the red team and a pineapple fritter with ice cream on the purple team i would say the complementary end of things was definitely on the purple end whereas cats was on the red team was the central dish element Mm. pool element of soup element of the dessert I don't mind when the ice cream is complimentary I do mind when it's the full feature because it is about just making I've made ice cream before it is complicated enough and with temperatures and everything like that but once it's into the churner it's done it's Mm. doing its job and once you do it in time it's fine but there's not much else to it Mm. and that it's interesting that we've said for a few weeks about Kath. Love her. Pre- no, her name is now Chaotic Kath. Ka- well, thank you for taking my line away oh, from me. Oh, sorry. Um, that we have been saying about her chaotic uh, nature in the kitchen. It's interesting now that the judges have finally brought it up in that manner and called her Chaotic Kath. See, I pronounced it correct the first time when you stumbled, so I got in your way for a reason. It must be nice to be perfect. Um, So she really... From mm. the start of this episode, Mm. chaos. Yeah. And having her on her own... (laughs) I can probably see why they just put her out <laughs> in the kit, in the spare kitchen. But like, even even having people in there helping her, trying to take jobs off her mm. to help her, that then even created even more chaos. I know. Now, I see myself as a cook in that behaviour. I hate you know when you know like you're doing a dinner party or you're cooking or catering for a lot of people 
and you ha- you feel you have everything under control things might not be and then someone comes around and who hasn't been involved in it or anything like that and says oh can I give you a hand you'd love to say yes but ultimately it's like no because I have to probably spend 90% of the time that I need to do stuff explaining what I need to, you mm. to do and it just screws up the entire process so I can understand to a certain degree that but Forgetting the cream and the ice cream, bad. The having to do, reduce the lychee syrup as it's about to go out, really worrying. And like, I don't think she was involved in any other bit of the. Yeah. So like, all of the time that that the ice cream is in the freezer, what are you doing? Yeah. What on earth are yeah. you doing? Yeah, um, the, the, there was a little tweels with little things like that. Ugh, yeah, yeah, I mean, easy. Um, the pineapple fritters, um, smash, like, really, I'd love those. Um, they seemed pretty decent. I say they were evenly done, uniform and everything like that for what it was. But the ice cream on both fronts, especially whether it's complimentary or a... a integral element of it was a fail on both sides yeah um, I will give them credit that at least the dessert yeah and the appetizer had pineapple in both yes so kind of had that cohesion yes. that if you're having to slice up like 10 pineapples at least yes it's in because they were fresh. a couple of places yeah yeah that's true um, a few little observations to make from the episode though yeah um Everyone arrived at once, which is kind of annoying because, like, that's not how life works. Secondly, they were all sitting, waiting 30 minutes before entrees went out. Now, unless they all had waivers to sign, Mm. which possibly you could do in advance or do digitally or whatever if you're inviting people along. That's a long time to be waiting for food. Very long. So I just thought that was a little weird. Um, Also, a judge came... Dressed as a chair. <laughs> the way they, the way John joked about that was hilarious. I was kind of like, <laughs> for a second, because like Melissa was really still. I was like, have they just got a cardboard cutout of her for a second? And then I was like, oh no, he's slagging off her dress. <laughs> I also thought she looked probably the most beautiful that she's looked all series. She looked amazing. He's um, he's only jealous. I know, and his his suit was gorgeous as well. <laughs> actually, the fashion, the series, and every series, I'm just very very jealous of. Um, so that was really any, any other observations um no i had one observation in my list of a few observations to make so that's really really good um i think in the end i loved the challenge but i felt a little disappointed by the end of it um i just feel like the elevation aspect of it shall i say it the elevation piece Mm -hmm. uh, i hate when people say peace um uh, was a bit of a disappointment I think only one team really tried with the elevation and obviously they were rewarded for it because the red team won the challenge but like is a chilli crunch enough of an elevation it's y- a spoonful You are. Li- it is limited in terms of what you can elevate I guess um, nail the classics and add on a twist or screw up the classics trying to be unique like that I guess that's the kind of weighing mm. out of it um, red team won plus Addy um, purple team lost um, and because it was such a small space you don't get your normal range of camera views and everything like that but I detected in the very corner as they're walking out Ralph and Phil were the two at the very furthest corner 
and they looked effed off like I've never seen it was they were really frustrated when they walked out I don't even think there was a smile or a bye it just mm. they just walked tough um, so it's- I think they both worked hard in their own respective things but I think they were just really annoyed with the kind of team dynamic as well. I've got to say about Phil, I was really glad to see him in this episode emerge into the leadership role. He Mm. really took charge of that main. He was keeping others on track. He was clearly clear. He was clearly aware Mm. of the time issue. Mm. So trying to keep everyone on track. So kudos to him. Um, Will we do a quick smash and pass of the six dishes? So your smash dish, please. I am going to go for the beef and black bean. I just think that's the thing I would order Mm. out of all them. The pass, I'm going to go for the lychee and vanilla ice cream. Okay. Um, For my smash, I'm going to go for the spring rolls. Give or take the sauce, it's fine. I really just loved how crispy and lovely they look. And for my pass, I'd probably have to say the lemon chicken Mm. because I'd like it lemonier. Yeah. Um my close smash would be the beef probably mm. if you had a portion of that I would ask you for a spoon of it on my plate just because that's I, nice a nice, nice little flavour of it so that's that so that's that episode tomorrow is a flambe flaming challenge <laughs> flaming for us flamers um, Beat the Chef returns tomorrow we saw some Shannon Bennett with some flames in front of his face hopefully he doesn't have much hairspray in because that would be grand and then a flambe challenge so I'm assuming nostalgia we're going back I am assuming crepe it's crepe suzette it's gotta it's be it's gotta be it has to be there's nothing else that you can flambe like in the same manner like obviously you can flambe lots of things but like that's got to be the main thing. There's probably a stipulation that anything you cook, at one point, there has to be a flambe moment. And, like, the cameras are going to catch that. The judges are going to kind of take you off the list, yeah. almost. Like, you can get, like, I guess you can, like, flambe, like, clams and prawns in a wine mm. type of thing. Or, yeah... It'll be interesting yeah, to see. Absolutely. So that'll be the same time tomorrow night. New episode of Underbench Staples will be with you hopefully before 9pm. But for Patrick and myself, thank you for listening. Talk to you tomorrow. Bye. Bye. Time to eat. Bye.